Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. My guest today is Miles Powell. He's an entrepreneur, a food enthusiast, and he's owner of Eight Miles. Now, Eight Miles, okay, that doesn't mean like miles on the road. It's an H and M Y L E S, his name. It's a, he's doing a product, producing a product that is, it's receiving a lot of attention and it's really good reviews. And I've used his product. Do you want to know what it is? It's Mac and cheese. He's got three versions of Mac and cheese. And I'm telling you, they're so good. And I don't do rave reviews of stuff. I never review products or food, but I, I looked at Jewish Miles and what I saw was a, an entrepreneur who started a small business and was doing well and is getting great acceptance of your product in the grocery stores. So let's just go back a little bit and introduce our listeners to Miles Powell. So tell me a little bit about you, Miles. Thank you for the introduction, Shirley. Um, so yeah, my name is Miles. And you know, on a very simple level of things, you know, I just grew up loving great tasting food, like a lot of people do. But I think it was the connection to my family um, and where food was always the centerpiece of our bond. Um, it just really stuck with me. And, and as I grew older, my appreciation for, you know, not only eating it, of course, but the art of preparing it and the setting, uh, it became, you know, pretty much embodied to who I am today. And so um, I, I actually went to school for engineering, uh, but, you know, we can kind of get into that uh, in a bit, but I... I I quickly learned that 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 wasn't really what my heart was telling me to do. You know, it, it said, "Hey, food is your thing. Why don't you should pursue that?" Well, it's wonderful to see your your um, mac and cheese, your three different versions, taking off, and we're going to talk about those in in a, in a little bit. But the what does the H stand for? I mean, your your name is Miles, and you use M I L E S as your your name of your product, Eight Miles. What does the H stand for? Sure. So grown, when I mentioned growing up around you know, the, the food environment, um, when I was around eight years old, uh, that's kind of a, I call it like my coming of age moment where I looked at food as more than just something for survival. I kind of looked at it as the gateway to the family, right? Like all, I, I started looking forward to not only what I was eating, but the, but who I was eating my, these dishes with, uh, family, friends, things like that. And it was from that point on that I became a little more curious about just the culinary world. Like I remember uh, going up to the oven, you know, and asked my mom to pick me up so I could see what was, what was cooking on the stove. Um, and so that, and so, like I said, it was it was pretty early on, but it was around that time where I like the the wires started connecting in the in the back of my head. I just didn't know it at the time. Did you grow up in the Washington D.C. area? No, so I grew up right outside of Philadelphia. Uh, I okay. moved. DC, uh, May of 2017. Okay. And that's when you got your start. You started your business here in DC, I believe. So I started it actually in Pennsylvania, um, in, in Harrisburg, which is where I was living for a short okay. time after, after college. Well, it, it, it's a lovely story. It's a lovely product. I, I had it and I said, you know, I want to interview him. I love the name and I, I want to talk to a small business to see how you're doing in the environment that we've been through recently during the pandemic. Been a lot of tough things that have happened to, sure. to small businesses. My son owns a small business and I know that there are some real challenges. So um, first off, 
you got the name that started early on in your life. You developed your love of food. I feel the same way that you do. Food is much more meaning, has much more meaning than just something to sustain my life. Yeah, exactly. I grew up, I grew up in Virginia and we had big Sunday dinners at my grandparents' house with all the relatives. And those have such fond memories for me. So I'm sure you share the same kind of thing. Who in your family's cooks? Your mom, your dad, your brothers, sisters, or who? Who? I mean, everyone, <laughs> literally <laughs> everyone. In the, so I'm an only child, but uh, my, my parents always cooked. Uh, my uncle cooks, my grand. I mean, literally everyone in the family cooked. And so, you know, it was, it was always when you go to family gatherings or over someone's house, like food is always, you know, it's always there. Um, and someone it's always homemade. Right. So uh, I just I like and I've got these really deep seated memories of going to like relatives homes and like experiencing their take on, a, on, on the food we, we make at home, you know, and so. Like I, I always like all of my, you can ask me what I did for like my 10th birthday. Right. And I'll say, I don't remember, but I remember what I ate. Right. Like that's how, <laughs> that's how important it is to me. And yes. even nowadays, um, when I go on vacation, like I, I judge where I go by the food that I eat while I'm there. Well, I, I can, I can share your enthusiasm for uh, sharing food with family and friends because it really does. It is a common bond. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the practical side of this. First off, how did you develop your recipe? You must've taken some time. And one of the things that I want to say about it, um, I've only had the homestyle mac and cheese, which I, I purchased here locally in Washington. Um, the, one thing that appealed to me was the sodium content. You didn't lose flavor, but you sure have a reasonable sodium content for a, a product that it, I love. I know that a lot of people love. So it's interesting how that came about. And you you must have worked very hard to get such a wonderful flavor without loading it with salt, as so many foods are. Sure. Yeah. And, and I think this... So this is kind of my nature when it comes to just life in general. So um, as you can probably imagine, when it comes to a food product, whether it's frozen or something, there's a lot of R&D. There's a lot of, you know, scientific analysis and development that goes into the process. You know, what I the first thing that I did when I was first creating this product was I just went back into my memory bank and I said, OK, how did my parents make mac and cheese? How have I made it recently? I'm just going to make it and freeze it and see what happens. And, you know, I had, it's funny, my first result was, it was, a, it was loaded with fat content, you know, and I said, All right, <laughs> yeah. this is delicious, but I got to, I got to tone it down a bit. And I just kept experimenting with it, right? And I always made sure the taste was there, right? That was, that was priority number one. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, these days, frozen food, I mean, obviously, it's loaded with sodium, uh, because it's, what sodium does, it, it tricks the brain to thinking something is really delicious, right? And we combine high sodium right. cheese, you know, and that's why a lot of your mac and cheese is on the market and frozen food in general is high in salt. It's a preservative and it's just, it's an additive, right? It just kind of, it, it's a, it's a way to like make weight. Um, but for me, I'm like, you know what? I want to have a product that I, I'd be proud to eat and serve my family. And it's a representation mm -hmm. of the same recipe that I grew up with. Well, it, it's a, it was a very interesting thing for me to find it and to then to find you and to have you be willing to come on and talk about it. Now, we're going to briefly take a break here, but when we come back, I want to talk to you about what it took to get a small business started, because that's no small matter. Yeah. It, there's a lot of challenges and a lot of, of uh, 
obstacles that you face. So at any rate, let's just let our, our listeners know that they're tuned into Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. You're listening to Of Consuming Interest. My guest is Miles Powell. He's an entrepreneur, a food enthusiast, maybe addict even, and he's the owner of Eight Miles, which makes mac and cheese. They are um, three products available in local stores, and he's getting quite a following here on the East Coast, available at a lot of your supermarkets. Now, I want to tell our listeners, I'm getting nothing from Miles, except a lot of enjoyment and interest. Um, I don't have a case of frozen food sitting out waiting for me. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you all this because I think a story of starting a small business now is really an interesting one. So, Miles... What did you do to prepare? As a civil engineer, you probably didn't um, have a whole big lot of training of starting a business. You did have a lot of training in terms of food in the sense that your enjoyment of it. So what what did you do? How did you start? How did you get going? Because you had a great idea. You wanted to develop something you loved. But how in the world did you put it together? Yeah, I started out. So when I was this is when I was living in in uh, Pennsylvania in Harrisburg, and uh, at the time my social network wasn't that large, right? And uh, I spent a lot of time on the weekends just I'll call it life game planning. And um, you know this is prior to social media being what it is today. I didn't have much of a no, not only social but professional network either. So my own, I turned to the one resource I knew, which was Google, and I just started researching you know small business and. Um, I just I just attacked it head on and I learned I, I learned the hard way, you know, week after week, month after month. Like I, you know, I had you know, I, I had a bot. I was doing barbecue sauce at the time, actually, and not mac and cheese. And I would, you know, I found this a place online that would sell me glass jars. Um, I hired an independent contractor for branding and we just kind of built this thing from scratch. Uh, and then I just went store to store with this bottle of barbecue sauce that I didn't know anything about wholesale distribution pricing. I just literally was out and about trying to figure it out as I went. Um, because I had this, I mean, this idea was so deep seated. I said, you know what, this, I'm going to, I really want to make this happen. Um, and I just learned slowly, you know, I was still working as an engineer, but it was just the, the promise and the passion that I had that just really kept me going and any kind of setbacks that I came across. I said, all right, that's a lesson. Um, how am I going to correct, self-correct it and make it better? Well, there's a lot entailed in terms of even just getting licenses and getting all the things that you need to get it going. Did you have legal help in setting up your, your company or did you, did you have to hire somebody? Did you, were you able to do that online? How did, how did that come about? But I remember very vividly sitting at the uh, dining room table in my apartment on legal zoom filling out all the online forms, starting a business. And, you know, they, they do a really great job of walking you through it, making it very simple. But even prior mm-hmm. to that, it was like doing research on the difference between an LLC and a C-Corp. And I, like I said, I was just on Google all day, just trying to figure this stuff out. And, it, and you know, yeah. and, and um, I was actually, you know, in an MBA program at the time too. So I was starting to develop these, you know, these, this kind of these business structures in my head uh especially on the finance side and some branding but yeah like i said everything that i did was just learning googling and learning um i had a friend of mine who was an attorney that i told her hey you know i want to file a trademark and i found the trademark form i filled it out by myself but can you look at it and make sure i didn't sign my life away <laughs> right because i didn't know any better 
Um, and she said, yeah, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. So it's, it was, you know, it was, it was trial by fire for me, um, just step by step and learning along the way. You got to be brave. You got to have ideas. You're going to do a whole big lot of work. You, you've just described all of that for us. Um, okay. So then there is the, you've developed your business, you set it up, you get everything in place and you're producing a product. How in the world did you start getting it sold? Because now you've got it in places like Whole Foods, Target, Balducci's, Giant. I mean, there's a lot of places that are selling your mac and cheese. Um, sure. So how did you do that? Because that's rather, would be rather daunting. Yeah. And, you know, this is something that I wasn't good at at first, which was, you know, I call it cold selling, right? I mean, literally loading up the car with product and going door to door. Um, and I was doing this on the on the local level at some of the smaller shops um, okay. because I want it's almost like validating your product, um, you know, walking into a store and saying, hey, this is brand new. Um, I would love for you guys to give it a shot. And, you know, I learned, you know, one of my earlier lessons actually was about pricing where, you know, I, I thought at the time that, OK, my I ran the numbers on what it cost me to make a bottle. I said, I want to make. X amount of dollars on this bottle. I'm going to sell it at that price. Boom. It'll go on the retail shelf around that price. And so if I remember right, I came to a store and said, Hey, this, this bottle of barbecue sauce costs $7. And they said, okay. And they, they, they took out the little price tag gun and they, you know, they, they marked it, put it on the shelf and I picked it up and it said $12. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh my God, what have I done? And so that was, and that was my, my early lesson of out of, you know, what it, what pricing looks like, what's a margin, right? And that's, and it, it's this, and that's what, those are the lessons that you can get when you, when you start to sell to a small mom and pop, because it's low scale. You can talk to the owner directly. You can talk to the customers pretty easily too. And so, yeah, I, I mean, it was nerve wracking. Like I, I used to hate going into a store and trying to pitch a product because it's untested, right? And it's brand new. Yeah. So, and you're, you know, you're not only pitching your product, you're pitching yourself and the brand. So you know, and, and I did that for a while, first couple of years. And, uh, but that's how I, I gained some early traction. And well, you, you, you started off with a barbecue with sauces. Sounded, yeah. They sounded delicious, but you moved from that to mac and cheese. But yet I assume that like in your barbecue mac and cheese that you did use um, bases of, of knowledge yeah. that you developed doing sauces. Would that be correct? Exactly. Yep, exactly right. I mean, the only difference is I was doing a frozen product now. But the but it was still the same procedure, right? Cold, cold walking into a store cold and pitching this new product. So yeah, um, I, the lessons I learned with the sauces, I, I applied to the mac and cheese too. So the the mac and cheese um, that grew out of a love for mac and cheese. I mean, what what caused you to segue from the barbecue sauces to the mac and cheese? I would do, so when I was promoting the sauces, I would do a lot of farmer's markets. And um, what would happen is, you know, some of these markets are pretty early in the day. So I'd be, I'd be setting up a tent nine in the, eight in the morning on a, on a Wednesday, on the, you know, and it might be in the fall, so it's a little chillier outside. And I remember sitting at the table and people are coming and going and no one's, you know, no one's buying barbecue sauce at nine in the morning on a Wednesday, but mm -hmm. they would, they would buy food that they could eat on site or take home to eat. And I said, huh. I said, maybe I should start pairing my sauces with something I make pretty regularly at home, which is I used to make this buffalo mac and cheese with my with my buffalo sauce. And I started selling the mac and cheese to promote the sauces. And it was pretty quickly that, the, you know, my audience said, hey, 
you know, your sauces are good, but you should like focus on this mac. And I said, you know, it makes sense. I love making mac and cheese. It's a, it's an ode to my childhood. I'm going to make mac and cheese. And How could said, anybody not love mac and cheese? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's just take a, a brief pause here to let our listeners know they're tuned into Of Consuming Interest. Uh, my guest is Miles Powell, who is the developer of a cheese product, mac and cheese, three versions of it, that is a kind of really getting great acceptance on the East Coast. And um, I'm sure other places in the country, uh, the article that I read about it was a little bit old. So um, are you developing across the country, Miles? I know you have a lot of stores here in our Washington, D.C. area. Uh, where where are you finding it sold? Yeah, so we, we just launched nationwide, actually, uh, last May with Sprouts. And so we can be found, I mean, all the way out in California, down to Texas and Florida, um, and then in, in, in the Northeast. So that was our you know, pretty pretty big moment for us. Um, and so now we're in about 1,200 retail locations across the country. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. That is incredible. And you've done this in, what, just a few years yeah, you know, it's so I, I tell that we're a we're an old new company because <laughs> we we launched, you know, we started in 2015, but for the first four and a half years, it's pretty modest and just still trying to figure things out. Um, but we started to really grow late 20, you know, right before the pandemic actually is when we start to kind of show our feathers, if you know, and take off. Well, do are you finding that the the difficulties in the supply chain and things like that right now? Are they making a difference and you're having to manage in a different way? Yeah, uh, definitely. This is something where, you know, when we were earlier stage, supply chain issues, they had an effect, but when you're talking lower volumes, they weren't substantial. Um, you know, the one of, one of our biggest challenges, of course, is like supply of milk. Um, that continues to be a challenge for us as we scale. But, you know, it, it also has allowed me to kind of focus on what's important during these days on the financial side and making sure the business is healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, and for a small company like me who doesn't have a lot of buying power and the leverage isn't there, um, you know, it, it does become difficult. Um, but I think as a smaller business too, that's growing, you know, these retailers, they, they, they root for us. Right. And so they've, they've been really uh, flexible with us. And, and as we kind of work through these challenges. Well, you've introduced an, an, a product that a lot of people have, but there are some unique things about your product. First off, as we mentioned, the sodium level. Um, but at any rate, it, it obvious that you put a lot of love and thought and work, a lot of work, a lot of shoe leather, you might say, mm-hmm. into um, developing this business. What would you say to someone who has an idea that they want to develop, whether it's food or something else? How do they start? How do they say- yeah, uh, take the time to do the research, uh, not only into the market you're playing in, but also like what your brand stands for. You know, I I kind of rushed into it where I focused on product centrally and not the story behind the product. And nowadays, consumers resonate with the story more than the product. Um, and because there's a lot more competition than there was 10 years ago. Um, yes. Small business nowadays is enormous. Um, I mean, there's new companies popping up left and right every day. And so in order to kind of stand out, you have to find a way to talk to the consumer and know who you're talking to. And this stuff does, this stuff takes, you know, it doesn't, it's not, it's not instant. Um, I think a misconception is that you have an idea. Great. Give me a month or two. I'll launch a product. No, it might take up to six to nine months or even a year, but all that work up front will actually pay off in the long, long run. 
did you did you need to get financing did you have to borrow money how did you how, i don't want you to reveal any secrets but how did you how did you start out with the base that you needed to actually start a a, a company that would manufacture a product so i started out um using my own money um and i think that's somewhat rare these days in the world where investing is really popular i think you know, a lot of folks say i'm going to get investment first on a pre-revenue company that works uh, to a degree, and I say to a degree because you learn a lot when you self when you bootstrap because it's your own money, um, and it, there's a I think there's a bit more you know you're kind of putting yourself at risk. Um, you know I used you know, my my parents gave me a small amount of money too to kind of get us started. I didn't seriously consider raising money until probably 2020, which is really late, um, and that's that's a knowledge thing. I didn't realize that it's required once you get to a certain certain uh, level. Mm. Um, but like I said, because everything was coming out of my own pocket, it just it made me work that much harder because I just knew it was not only my sweat equity, but it was like my my bank account. <laughs> you know? yeah. Amen to that. There's livelihood miles. How are we going to pay the bills this exactly. month? Oh, yeah, that's a, that's always a big question. Where do you see your your company going? Are you going to add new products? I mean, I love that you're getting success in this. It's just a wonderful story. It's it's part of the American spirit. And, you know, we we ch- uh, cheer you on. But uh, what are you going to do next? Yeah, so the the plan is to, you know, now that we're kind of nationwide, it's to just continue to expand our reach a bit. Um, we want to we want to increase our brand awareness. That's our priority is to get more people to to try the product. You know, Frozen is a pretty crowded category. And um, to stand out, you've got to have a really great marketing plan. So that's our next step is to kind of get the word out there. Um, and then beyond that, you know, we want to introduce a couple other products uh, next year that still focus around comfort food. Um, you know, those those products are, are, are still to be determined. Um, we've got some ideas we want to work on, but, you know, we're going to be, you know, our plan is to have an entire freezer door and grocery dedicated to eight miles comfort food. I love it. I love your I love your enthusiasm. Well, I have to say the titles of the barbecue sauces that you used to produce sounded intriguing. You had mangoes in some and raspberries in the other. Maybe you want to give it another thought. I don't know. I don't know. But it sounded it sounded delicious, Miles. Exactly. Um, it it. But I'm sure it's a long range plan for you, and you're living up to the the your desires and seeing your product just going going crazy. You, how do you get food people to review you? You know, that's something that we actually have not done a great job of, um, and I'll tell you why. It's because for the you know up until maybe. Two months ago, I was living in the business in the way that I was kind of making the product with a few people myself, with my own hands. And mm-hmm. I wasn't, I didn't have the time to kind of focus on these other aspects. Um, but now that we've started to grow, I am no longer making the product by myself. Um, I've got, I've got some more opportunities that I, that I want to work on capitalizing. And so like, we want to work with some influencers that focus on food reviews. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, that would be great. Yeah. That's big. Um, and, this, and, you know, and especially with the uh, the holidays coming up, and I shouldn't say coming up, but only a couple months away, we're entering There's into- There's all kinds of holidays and mac and cheese is always good. Exactly. <laughs> so we're entering into our busy season. So I'm excited to look at, okay, who can we reach out to to kind of partner with and, and review our product? Well, Miles, it's been an absolute treat to have you on and to, to meet you over the discussion. I wish you the best of luck. You're a wonderful success story for the small business that's growing. Um, and by the way, folks, it's eight, the number eight, 
and Miles, M-Y-L-E-S. So go look it up, Miles. We are really delighted. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. You've been listening to Of Consuming Interest right here on the Federal News Network. My guest has been Miles Powell, who is the developer of Eight Miles Mac and Cheese. This is Shirley Rooker, and we thank you for joining us. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.